Welcome to Movies Are Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler, and you are in for a treat because for a second week in a row, uh, returning guest Whitney Chandler is joining me here in the studio. Back to back, baby. I feel like the OU Sooner <laughs> softball team. Back to back champs. Back to back to back, right? Yeah, I'm hoping I'm on again next week. Okay. Oh, lots of pressure there. <laughs> so, well, this is really exciting. Uh, it's kind of a two part uh, podcast. Uh, we are officially halfway through the 50 best rom-coms list. It's a lot of podcasts. It's a lot of, it is a lot of podcasts. (laughs) So 25 films down, uh, 25 more to go. And then, uh, we will be covering one of Whitney's favorite films, the American president. We did a poll on our social media feeds about what is, uh, we gave five choices of movies, of uh, rom-coms that weren't on this list, but we thought that we thought deserved uh, maybe a spot on there. And I didn't even vote. And I didn't even spotlight it. Yeah, you didn't vote. I kind of feel like uh, your friends came in full force in support of you, though. No, it was just people that are also smart like me. (laughs) So it was overwhelmingly... uh, Can't blame it that people like that movie. (laughs) Yep, the the American president The people have spoken. Yeah, the people have spoken. So we'll talk about that movie. So, But before we jump into that, um, so Whitney hasn't watched all of these romantic comedies with me, but generally you've you've been either part of it or kind of in or out of some. You've seen many of them. Uh, so uh, is there any kind of feelings that you have uh, kind of watching these? Yeah, I mean, it's fun to watch them. It's fun to see the uh, commonalities between like what like kind of makes up a romantic comedy um, and what makes one stand out above the other. Really, it, it's kind of for me just a, if the writing is good, Um, or the set of the chemistry between the actors or actresses is good because the storyline and the plot are, have the same like recipe. Um, and so sometimes if they're a little different or off the wall, but really if the writing is good, I like quick writing with lots of talking. Um, or if the actors or actresses are great and it kind of is what sets it apart for me. Yeah. I I think a big surprise for me in a way, especially, you know, I had this list and I kind of was afraid that it would get a little repetitive watching these. And honestly, uh, not at all. I've enjoyed them every time I've started them. And there's always those tropes and we have our categories, which we'll kind of talk about a little bit. But um, I, I think what's happened is we think of maybe more of the all the romantic comedies that aren't good. And those kind of actually run into those cliches. But I think I've been surprised with these 25 so far about how really generally most of them are pretty original in their own way. They do have some kind of common similarities, you know, with the best friend concept or the chase scene. But for the most part, I think just as a movie on their own, I mean, generally they've all been good. There hasn't been one I've just absolutely hated. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, probably the one just off the top of my head that I didn't like the most, and I thought it was entertaining. She's the man was definitely one I didn't think that. Well, I've never seen it, and I was like, "Huh, this is a strange movie." But I'm surprised it made the list. I'm surprised it made the list. It it wasn't the worst movie ever, but I I think there's definitely a lot of films that. deserve to be on this list instead like of that American one. President. <laughs> like the American president. Uh, another one, probably some people would probably, uh, you know, go after me. Uh, I liked working girl. It wasn't my favorite movie ever, but I, I can see how people are tied to that, to that movie. Yeah. 
Sure. Yeah. Had you seen that one when we saw uh, no. 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 I mean, I had, but not like it wasn't one I had watched over and over or remember it. Yeah. So I, I thought I thought it was fun. So what I did was um, I, I got this spreadsheet out, and so I took all the guest ratings and then all my ratings, and I combined them and averaged them out to kind of get it overall so far, like you know how the movies stack up. So first, I thought I'd go through the categories and at least just quickly go through. Uh, which ones made the top of the list. And then, uh, so anyway, the first one was, uh, you know, first category is the romantic chemistry. Uh, and so the combined, you know, here's here's the ones that have the greatest chemistry. And so I'll start from bottom to top, the top five. So 500 Days of Summer, and then Palm Springs, The Cutting Edge, Sleepless in Seattle, and Notting Hill. Huh. So Notting Hill. Interesting. Yeah, but Those first two on the list, it's because they're your favorite movies? Well, it was also the guests. So you have to kind of keep that in mind. It just kind of kind of depends on yeah. that. But those the top four, Notting Hill, Sleepless in Seattle, The Cutting Edge, Palm Springs, all had a five rating. Okay. So, so yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, the Best Friend uh, concept, uh, these were all rated five. Okay. <laughs> so uh, uh, just quickly, Jerry Maguire, Notting Hill, Sleepless in Seattle, While You Were Sleeping, Four Weddings and a Funeral, The Holiday, The Princess Bride, Say Anything, 27 Dresses, and Amelie. So, huh. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, soundtrack. So, uh, um, so yeah, once again, uh, number five <laughs> was actually one that we covered at an uh, average of 4.25, and that's How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. <laughs> okay. So I was going to say, it better have made the list. <laughs> yeah, so that was the very first uh, mm-hmm. uh you Moving. lowered that score because I gave it a five. <laughs> yeah, pretty, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it still means I gave it pretty high. Yeah. Uh, but the rest that kind of rounded up this top five, uh, the four of them, uh, 500 Days of Summer, She's Gotta Have It, Sleepless in Seattle, and Jerry Maguire. So mm-hmm. all solid uh, soundtracks. Okay. So, yeah. And then um, Chasing, De- Declaration of Love, uh, the combined score. Once again, these were all fives, and there was actually six of them. Um, She's Gotta Have It. Crazy Stupid Love, Amelie, Sleepless in Seattle, Notting Hill, and Jerry Maguire. So we're getting okay. a lot of repeats here. I think you. So and then <laughs> the combined rewatchability, which this doesn't surprise me because, I mean, romantic comedies, I think as a whole, are generally just, they tend to be rewatchable. That's why people like them, you know? Sure. So more than five right here, but these were all uh, uh, got number fives, but. 500 Days of Summer, Palm Springs, 10 Things I Hate About You. Tara will be happy about mm-hmm. that one. <laughs> How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Say Anything, The Princess Bride, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Notting Hill, Jerry Maguire, and Clueless. Yeah, I could watch all those. Right? Yeah, you could yeah. watch all those. Sure. Yeah. So um, so quickly. Except so- I couldn't rewatch 500 Days of Summer or Palm Springs over and over and over. <laughs> Again, I think those two go back to you and your guest. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, um, all right. So this one, I'll, I don't know. What should I do first? The combined top five or then my or my own personal top five so far? I, I guess your own. Okay. Because <laughs> it's for sure going to sway into the other people's top five. If somebody has a better idea for like how to calculate all this, I am all ears. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, starting from the bottom up. Uh, so number five for me was 500 Days of Summer. Of course it was. Do you not like that movie? No, not like you do. Why? I would never, ever want to be with him. But obviously she didn't With Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah. <laughs> like him himself or is it the His character? character, himself, anybody he plays ever. Anybody. Really? You don't like him? I like him as a, I guess he's a fine actor, but he is not my cup of tea. 
Okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so number four for me was Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. So you not like that one? I did. Uh, you just, just kind of. It's like an artsy independent one. You just you liked it because it was artsy and independent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's very well made. I think yeah. you need to. I think you need to watch it again. So uh, <laughs> number three for me, which I probably starting uh, this this list, I wouldn't have thought maybe generally it would be so high on this, but Notting Hill was number three for me. Okay, I'll agree with that one. Okay, really like yep, that one. Me too. Uh, I would say too. Uh, number two was well, actually, number two and number one are they both had the average of four point eight. But uh, or Sleepless in Seattle and Jerry Maguire. Huh. So, okay. but personally, Jerry Maguire is number yeah, one for me. Sure. I think Sleepless in Seattle, um, as far especially as far as the different categories I had, really hit all the elements pretty high. So that one is why it's ranked so high. So the combined, uh, very very similar. Uh, the top five. So Palm Springs was number five. Jerry Maguire, number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Nikki rated that one a little lower because she just did not vibe with Tom Cruise. <laughs> so the okay. chemistry between him and Renee Zellweger, she wasn't quite as high on. Uh, you can roll your eyes about this. 500 Days of Summer, number three. And so Notting Hill, number two. And Sleepless in Seattle, number one. Huh. So, okay. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, so we're real excited. I'll go ahead and tease uh, next week. Whitney won't be joining us on Aww. that podcast. She's not going to do the three-peat like our Sooner softball team. But it's almost kind of sort of like you. Your your brother is the guest on the podcast, and we'll be covering There's Something About Mary. Is that going to have an X rating? <laughs> it's probably going to have an explicit rating on it, even though we... You know, we we talked about it, and I think the cleanest way possible is the best way to, okay. p- to put that one. Okay. So, but uh, Whitney, I was surprised how much uh, you, you you knew that movie as soon as it started with the theme song. You were you were on top of oh, it. Oh, I'm on it. I can I can repeat that one over and over. Okay, so well, uh, I guess this is a good time. We'll just jump into the American president. What would happen if I called Sydney Wade and asked her to be my date at the state dinner on Thursday evening? President, you can't just go out on a date. I'm having dinner at the White House. I'm having lunch at the Kremlin. I don't know what happened. One minute I was calling him a mockery of an environmental leader. The next minute I had a date. She didn't say anything about me. Well, no, sir, but I can pass her a note before study hall. The American President is a 1995 American romantic comedy drama film directed and produced by Rob Reiner and written by Aaron Sorkin. The film stars Michael Douglas as President Andrew Shepard, a widower who pursues a relationship with the environmental lobbyist Sidney Ellen Wade, played by Annette Bening, who has just moved to Washington, D.C., while at the same time attempting to win the passage of a crime control bill during a re-election year. Martin Sheen, Michael J. Fox, and Richard Dreyfuss star in supporting roles. The American president grossed $107.9 million on a budget of $62 million, and was praised by critics for its performances, especially of Douglas and Bidding, musical score, story, and screenplay. The score of this movie actually was nominated for Best uh, Musical Score at the Academy Awards. Uh, the film was also nominated for uh, a, a lot of Golden Globe Awards, even though it, it didn't win any. Uh, the American Film Institute ranked, ranked this movie number 75 on its list of America's Greatest Love Stories. I think even when I told people that we were going to do this movie, uh, it kind of came up of whether or not this was actually a romantic comedy 
or was it just more of a romantic drama? And after watching it, um, we started it last night, actually finished it this morning. I, I definitely thought it was a rom-com. I, I laughed quite a bit through it. Yeah, I, you laugh a lot. I don't think it's drama. I mean, I think it's a wonderful story, but I yeah. don't. I mean, it's not like a slapstick comedy. Yeah, but it, there's definitely funny yeah. parts. Good writing. Yeah, we'll we'll talk a lot about. I'm a huge fan of Aaron Sorkin. I've seen a lot of his stuff, and uh, looking at his stuff as a whole, I would say this is actually probably one of the most lighthearted uh, pieces of film or television he's ever written. Yeah, um, I mean, I just have lots of I I. I've always loved it. I've seen it so many times, and I rewatching it, I fell in love with it again. I just I think it's a great story. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, go, go into a little bit. Like, uh, do you remember when you saw this movie first? Well, I was in high school, and I weirdly remember coming home. I'd seen it with my parents because we went to all sorts of movies. Um, but I remember coming home, and I was at home trying to tell a friend why they should go see it. And I was, like, explaining the whole movie to them. And they were like, well, now I don't need to go see it. <laughs> and I was like, well, he'll like it. He'll be fine. And um, But so I I was in high school. But I guess in 95, that makes sense. So um, anyway, I don't... I. I don't remember besides that going why. But, I mean, I saw it, and it really... Um, I mean, we can maybe get more into this, but rewatching it, I realized it really set the stage for my like politics and the way I think <laughs> about things. And those are those issues then um, in that movie in '95 are the exact same issues that are happening today, and I, the exact yeah. same fights. And it just really set the stage for what I thought his big emblazoned speech at the end. I I immediately started crying again and it has nothing to do with the romance side of it for me. I'm not, I never wanted to cry at romance. Sorry, Nathan. Um, (laughs) but I, uh, it was just about like him finally standing up for the right thing and like finding his voice. And I know that's, I mean, now that I work in youth and government, maybe that's why I work in youth and government is all because of the American president, but it just immediately made me start crying again. The other piece of legislation is the crime bill. As of today, it no longer exists. I'm throwing it out. I'm throwing it out and writing a law that makes sense. You cannot address crime prevention without getting rid of assault weapons and handguns. I consider them a threat to national security and I will go door to door if I have to, but I'm gonna convince Americans that I'm right and I'm gonna get the guns. I probably didn't see this movie until we first started dating. I probably made you see it. Yeah, you probably made me watch it. It was like a litmus Mm -hmm. test of whether or not uh, you were going to stick with me or not. So it was probably the, that was the first time and probably haven't seen it since then. Uh, But um, I, like you watching this second time, I, I just, I loved it. Uh, I I I was trying to think of like kind of how overall I would rate it in my mind just as a movie goes. And I think it's a little hard um, especially, I mean, we live in cynical times. Uh, and so it's easy to maybe kind of nitpick this movie a little bit as far as, um, you know, w- would this ever kind of happen type of thing? It's hard not to take it too seriously because it does involve politics. And especially now our world is so, you know, that's jaded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, jaded. But just w- watching the movie, you know, I was like, and they even reference, uh, you know, Frank, Frank Capra movies <laughs> like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and those type of movies. And I I just I love this movie, like just as far as like a movie, just how it makes you feel. You know, it challenges you. It's a it's a smart film. Uh, it's real sweet. Um, and also it's kind of I mean, what an amazing concept. And it's almost hard to keep in mind. And we'll talk a little bit about 
you know, I'm a big fan of the West Wing. And as I mentioned, like Aaron Sorkin stuff, it, this was kind of the first thing, you know, this was, I mean, there it was, was pre, it was pre West yeah, Wing. Yeah. I mean, uh, the movie Dave had happened before this. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it is a very original concept. And there hadn't been, I think, a whole lot of things that had really gone behind the scenes of the White House before. Well, and I've seen it so many times. And I think until the like, and I'm not going to get way into like the Me Too movement, but like, I had never once thought of it as strange that he like invited her into his office because he never crosses a line. Like he never does anything he shouldn't do. He's still just like dating her like you would anybody else. But in light of just the world now, I was like, you couldn't make this now because you couldn't invite somebody in. They would have had, (laughs) they would have been like, why are you bringing me to your office? Like there would have been this whole like thing about it. And, and I think that that would have limited this movie being made, Yeah, but I've never ever thought that until this watch of it yeah and i don't know if that's just because it's a new world and a new day i'm sure it is but never once did i have those thoughts some other like some and we might get into this but some of my favorite scenes are because of a phone call or how you talk to somebody um talking to anybody or how you order flowers or anything all had to do with the phone and we've talked about this on other episodes cell phones have really changed the face of a movie you can't you can't have the same like stick comedy that you could yeah. with a regular phone or a landline yeah. or anything yeah. like that. So I think it's just so interesting to watch this movie is just like how much of a prep it was for the West Wing because um, there's even, especially at the beginning, I think when he's walking to the Oval Office, I mean, you get that walk and talk style that became so famous in the West Wing. But then because it's Rob Reiner's uh, direction, it's still Sorkin's dialogue, but not quite, not a whole lot of movement. You know, it's kind of a little bit more uh, static, not in a bad way, but how it cuts across and everything. But the two work together uh, in a few good men and it's almost even though those are two different films you know it has that i mean definitely the rewatchability factor but just um you're just invited in this world and behind the scenes kind of look you know a few good men was kind of that first look behind you know military law you know basically and it's just so easy to get comfortable with these characters and almost so much so i think i don't know if it's because i watched the west wing so much but even though he's the president in this movie didn't you kind of wonder like why he's not a little more busy (laughs) than he is in this movie oh i thought it was just dead on though like he he said at one time he was four minutes ahead and he was like uh i don't know what to do with myself because probably a you know a president they just have meetings back to back to back to back to back and they're answering things back to back they're not doing work at their desk right they're not doing that sort of thing and so that feeling of just like uh what do I do with my four minutes I've always thought that was funny and it's just spot on and and now that I'm in the type of like running a program where you're around a little bit more of that being in Washington seeing how much the aides do and how much they're telling them to do it's so spot on yeah and you know they just like really immerse themselves into that world to like catch on to and how mad they would get if they just go against them I just think it's great yeah, we uh, kind of almost jumping uh, to the end, but basically the moment where uh, these two characters connect at the end and they're just by themselves in the Oval Office and then uh, people slowly start coming in. About I, I really liked Michael J. Fox in this movie a lot, but we liked his character a lot. And to me, it seemed realistic. If he comes in the room, he's the first one to see them together. They're clearly having this moment and he just can't help himself. He knows he probably shouldn't say anything, but he goes, ahead and interjects and yeah. i think that play plays out really well yeah for yeah. sure 
Yeah. Um, so do you like Michael Douglas here and Nat Benning? I, I think yeah. they were really good choices for yeah, this. Yeah, and I think they just, I think they make the whole movie, her face and magnetism, like magnet, you just are drawn to her and how excited she is and her smile in the movie. Um, and his, he, I, I just think he plays it really well too, where he's a little cocky, but yeah. he also is a little nervous around her. And, um, it makes sense to me. I mean, the whole thing made sense to me. So, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think they're perfect in these roles. Um, just because he has a, you, you believe that he's, he's a president, you know, he has this, uh, this charisma that you know that a president has to. Uh, and so, but then also I think she's perfect for the role just because I, you believe that she's this lobbyist and feels, you know, very passionate for what she does. But, um, uh, maybe unlike him, she can kind of separate a little bit more of her personal and her, it's her work, work persona. They're almost yeah. like two, you know, two different where his, the whole kind of, a struggle he's in this movie is like where you know where do the two play how do they play out and i like that concept of that um and i also like how they don't go really heavy into the backstory of how his wife uh, passed away but it's always you know something that's there but it's an interesting concept of like you're the most powerful man in the world but then you know you have to start this new personal aspect of your life and how that would even how, happen yeah well and and i always like they set it up so well showing the tension between his best friend and he keeps telling his best friend, he keeps AJ to call him Andy uh-huh. and he won't do it. He keeps referring to him as Mr. President. And they set up the whole story about how they were, he was the best man in his first wedding and they went to college together and all this stuff. And so you knew they were just pals, mm. but he still would only refer to him as Mr. President. And then later, when Sydney's able to call him Andy in the in the room, you realize that she's crossed a line with him and a barrier, um, and that she truly likes him. And I always just thought I just liked how they did all of those things, so mm-hmm. you knew they had progressed their relationship yeah. without them coming out and telling you like they have been together this long. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, there there's several scenes where. Uh, Michael Douglas and Martin Sheen, who later famously became the president in the West Wing series. So it's kind of funny. Was he the chief of staff? Yeah. I mean, that's who I assume. And so there's a lot of scenes where they're uh, shooting pool and where a lot of these conversations happen. And I, I don't know if you pay attention to this sort of thing, but both of them very good pool players. I kind of wondered because they actually, you know, when they're t- they're talking, doing the dialogue, and then he's calling his shot and he's actually making it. I, I don't know. I was kind of impressed by that. Yeah, that was just CG stuff put in there. CG stuff? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even watch it. I yeah. don't watch that part. I would say this movie doesn't actually feel too dated until the very end, either when he, he walks in to give his uh, State of the Union address. Mm-hmm. And you can tell it's like special effects heavy, like crazy. Like you like see the same bald white man like... 80 times throughout the whole crowd. That is what Congress looks like. You set me up for I that. I did set you up for that. That so. is what Congress yeah. looks like. Yeah. Come on. Um, I also want to kind of talk about, I thought it was real interesting. I, I like this uh, rival that they've given him, uh, played by Richard Dreyfus, Senator Rumson. I really like how, uh, did, were they even in the same room with each other, this whole movie? Just in the one scene where they're at the uh, state dinner. Okay. At the beginning, yeah. 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 But um, I, I feel like that really would play out a lot, too. Like, you know, these fights are happening not ever face to face, but through like TV and that sort yeah. of thing. Sure. And um, I thought it was real not to get talking too much about current politics, but I thought it was real interesting because 
they kept, you know, his staff kept on wanting, you know, Michael Douglas, the president, to, you know, say something, you know, pushing him. And he was, like, totally quiet. And, I, you know, I think it's interesting. I would say Biden is actually kind of almost taking this page out of this playbook. of You know, he doesn't yeah. really, you know. Yeah, it just know. fights back. And, I mean, that's it literally has set the stage for how I think about all of politics. But, <laughs> I mean, you see it played out all the time. Rumson's... Um, if ironically his tagline is the pride is back (laughs) which is hilarious because back then nobody thought of pride as that that, in that way but the pride is back just talking about you know make america great again the pride is back and just how you tell people what to think um and get them on your side and it's been playing out that way forever um and how in the in the absence of talking, they're going to listen to whoever mm-hmm. um, is screaming the loudest. And, yep. and I like his answer that if they can't tell the difference, then mm-hmm. what's it worth talking? Yeah. But he finally comes to the point that he just has to stand up and speak. And it's like... You have to. You have to eventually yeah. s- speak your speak your uh, worth. And um, anyway, I just think it really it rewatching it. It just really set the stage for like literally all I do in my life now is because of that movie. And, yeah. And I always have said it was my favorite, but to be honest, I didn't really. It's not my favorite because it's the funniest or it's any of those things. Like I, we didn't even think Hallie would really like it. It was a little too slow yeah. for us to want Hallie. I mean, she's twelve. Like I don't think she would sit and love it like we do. Um, because it is just a little bit, just of a slow, I love the score behind it. It just, there's just something so peaceful about it. And I just, I just like how it all, uh, wraps up. And I really just like the message more for, um, the political message than I do them together, even though I love their chemistry and I'm great that they're together, but I don't really think that's as as much about what it's about. Yeah, and it seems like their relationship is very natural, and um, I I think it's really interesting. Even though I, I knew they would end up together, I honestly couldn't remember necessarily like how it was resolved. And I, I think it's a really interesting conflict of interest. Of uh, I mean, that would be a really tough decision, no matter like who you are, regardless if you were the uh, president or not. But, yeah. yeah. Well, and his friends, if you want to say they're best friends for your category, his his whole uh, staff just really call him out. Yeah. Um, and I like that about it. Just call him out on what he's doing um, and how he's acting. Um, and he and his friends fight at the end where he just says, like, it's one of my favorite. I remember it all the time. But the chief of staff says, you know, he kind of, the president kind of like gets on to him and says, you've been following in my footsteps in my shadow the whole time. And he goes, yeah, because if I wasn't, you would be the best professor at the university right now. You would never have been the president. And I just, what a line. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's true. He yeah. he had to be with him for him to make it as far as he did. And I really wasn't a put down. It's true. Yeah. He would have been the most popular professor. Yeah. Uh, are there any s- scenes that really stood out to you? I remember one started and you were like, oh, I love this scene. I love the phone call scene. I think it's hilarious. The, they yeah. set it up great that her friend says, do you want to hear my Andrew Shepard impression? And she's like, no, no, I don't. And he's like, shut <laughs> up and hangs up on him. And the phone immediately rings and it's the actual Andrew Shepard trying to call her. And, and she just immediately thinks it's his, her friend. And so just like comments on his butt and how cute it is and all these sorts of things. And I mean, she just sticks her foot in her mouth again and again. I love that scene. I think it's great. What did you mean when you said that you didn't have a phone? Oh, I I just moved to Washington over the weekend and my apartment isn't ready yet. This is my sister's apartment. Come to think of it, how did you get this number? 
How did I get the number? That's a good question. Um, I don't know, probably the FBI. Oh, the FBI. Sure, because if you want to find someone and you're the president, that's who you'd call. You know who else is good at that? Uh, CIA? Well, yeah, but I was thinking of the Internal Revenue Service. You know, they have these computer files that, uh, well, I, <clears throat> I should stop stalling. Um, I love the scene in the room when she comes to break up with him. And uh, he has a he has a four part plan about how they should slow down and how they can be together, and she kind of comes out and speeds it up when she's not wearing very many clothes and she's wearing his shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought that scene was great. Good, good scene. Yeah, I it to me it proved that you could have a very sexy scene, and I mean I think they kiss and then it cut. Yeah, and you know all the se- the setup is just what you needed for that. Yeah. You know? yeah, no, yeah, but just the dialogue. He always had dialogue that just flowed out of him, and I guess that's out. I don't know which one wrote it, but I I just love the continual dialogue that's on a higher level. It's a little like watching Gilmore Girls, where the yeah. conversation's just going, but. I love that it just is constantly in the background and they can just riff back and forth. Um, But there's always some point to it. And I just just always think that's great. I think that's probably what I like about it. It's almost like sing-songy. It's Uh such a a rhythmic uh, talking along with the score. Just very soothing. And that's kind of, I think when this movie starts off, immediately, mentally, you're kind of trying to play catch-up because they immediately throw you into this world and i like movies like that or that respect the audience enough to be like you know you're smart you, you'll catch on to like what this is and you ease into it but yeah i mean uh like i said like in 95 i think this sort of dialogue especially with politics just hadn't been seen before so no, i'd be no. curious to how people who are in everyday politics uh, feel about this movie or if it's a good rep i mean there's always i mean it's this movie is very much a fairy tale you know using politics as the catalyst to yeah tell except the story. it's what they're almost 30 years old now yeah almost 30 years old not quite and it's the same exact fight and arguments yeah the global same war- exact global thing. warming guns. but also like using using one side against the other uh gun rights global warming uh 20 reduction in fossil fuel like had we actually done that and they were talking about how they'd make their, they'd grandfather in the Volvo and let them still use that car. When we bought our car just what, two or three years ago, they Uh were like, by the, by the time your loan's done, they won't even be selling cars with gasoline anymore. And we were both looked at each other like, what are you talking about? And maybe it'll be true, but that's only like five years down the road. But it's still the same fight yeah. over and over and over. It's just crazy. I, I definitely picked up on it now, but we watched this movie, you know, early on in dating and stuff. And you were kind of subtly, I think, telling me how important shoes were to you in life. And so I just laughed watching this movie this time where his daughter says, like, remember to compliment her shoes. Except then- I'd like it noted. Those were heels that they were wearing and I do not wear heels. <laughs> I only wear like... <laughs> on par Nikes or, you know, whatever the right shoe is at the time. That's what I would like to have on tennis shoe. Yes. But you, you're, you're very aware of the, the shoe aura that, that you give off. Correct? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. And you've definitely 
pass that down uh, to to our daughters. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, anything else that is stood out to you? Uh, scene? I mean, the end scene, of course, is like super memorable. I mean, it is just. Uh, I mean, I love all the scenes. I love when the flower shop person uh, when she. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hangs up on him and yells when he tries to order flowers because that would be so true you'd think yeah. that they were pranking you um and he's just so like smug about it like you don't have dogwoods like yeah. who has dogwoods you right. know and he's yeah. just like such a dumb thing to say and do um but then when she walks in there and she's just like the worst customer service and then she just faints <laughs> but i also just I, I just remember so many things about they get in that car and he wants to like i always uh, anytime that there's like a strike or a bad weather at Christmas and everybody's flights are going to be oh, yeah. delayed, I think about that line in the movie all the time. That's like, there's a strike at Christmas. You got to go to the airlines. I mean, like he had to stop what he was doing and fly there. And I'm like, I don't know why I've always thought about that. Um, the news story when he says like, they were like, it was the third story on the news. And he's like, what was the fourth story to find out? if his story was that big a deal. And I think about that all the time too, like the placement of the news stories. And I don't know, it probably was just because of the age I was 15 years old. It's like really shaped my brain. Um, but that movie just stayed in my brain for whatever reason. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I think what Sorkin is amazing at is, uh, he always tells his story and he always finds like an element that like we can all relate to and he weaves it throughout the story. And in this case, it's the flower shops and, and the flowers and just like what flowers mean as far as like first dates or when you break a date and how it pays off at the end, even when, you know, he hands her the roses from the Rose Garden. Yeah, which or, I always thought that line didn't. I thought that line fell flat. <laughs> it's so so cheesy. Yeah, but he, him and the sister. The sister might be the worst actress in the movie. The sister. Her sister that she lives oh, with. Oh, and the roommate. Yeah, yeah very, her, very yeah, forgettable. She's just bad in that line. I'm always like, that's how we end this movie. Oh. I have a Rose Garden. Yeah. I, I just hated it. But again, I'm not much of a sappy romantic. Yeah, but I like how it ties. Like, it does tie. The whole flower thing like all together. Yeah. I, I really like that. Movie musings. If you were president, Whitney... What is one thing you would just take advantage of that you just would not have to worry about anymore? So, like, he, he takes it upon himself to order flowers himself, but that's something he totally could just, like, his staff would usually get it for him. So, like, what's a, like, you know, what's something you would really just, like, love? That I don't have to do anymore? Yeah, that you don't have to do anymore? Like, just I would have just a the Diet fact- Coke cold brought fountain drink to me every day. Yeah. That's what I would like. But... I thought you were going to be more political, and I would get the guns from the beginning. <laughs> That's what I would like to do. I would like to get the guns. I've been saying that since 95, that yeah. one line. So if you're wondering, Whitney would be a one-term president. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt probably wouldn't get elected. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Fine. I always, the fact that they didn't have to work, that they don't have to worry about their meals, I think it, yeah, it would, that would be, be pretty great. amazing. Don't have to cook anything. Yeah. I like that somebody tested his food before he could eat the soup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I will say, I want to go back to this. I'd <laughs> like you to note that Nathan um, is always the calming presence. He always like comes back to to get my uh, to uh, when I'm sitting there getting too political. You can swoop in with a joke to say I wouldn't make it very far. And the, <laughs> the president he always has to soften me. I appreciate that. That's why people stay friends with us because yeah. of Nathan. <laughs> I don't know about that. I threw you off. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> um, 
Oh, I was going to say, I was talking about the, uh, the, the meals and stuff. Oh, but I will say one thing, you know, they have that big dinner that one night, whatever. I do think as, I mean, yes, you have your own chef and stuff, but all those sit down dinners you have to do, those have to get old, right? They have to get old. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So Nathan, I got a movie musing question for you. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, in the scene, he has to call and ask for her to go out with him yes. to the dinner. Yes. And do you remember call like somebody that you called and asked out on a date and were you nervous oh. or do you have a specific story about that? <laughs> I don't I, oh. I don't know if I have a specific story. That was never my strong suit at all. Like I just uh I I was always like too much in my head about it. Our first date I knew that it was nervous, nerve-wracking that we had finally planned a dinner out, you and I, and we were supposed to go to dinner. Yeah. And my dad, of all things, had his flight time wrong, which isn't odd now that you know him, but I didn't know how to explain that to you, and I was supposed to pick him up at the airport. And I thought it was at like 8 p.m. or 9 p.m., but it was really at like 1 or 2 p.m., and so we had to switch to a lunch. And I was real afraid you'd think I was just blowing you off because I switched you to a lunch date. Um but I wonder, it probably made you nervous, but you know, those first date things are just so weird. And they talk about that going down the stairs. Like, how was this first date for you? And she's like, eh, so far it's pretty normal. It's like everybody's taking their picture and right, yeah. it's the state of the state dinner or yeah. state federal, whatever dinner it was. Yeah. But. yeah here's a, here's a question for you. Um, how, how would you, I, I think though, I, I'm never, I was never somebody who wanted to be like uber famous or anything like that. But as I get older, like more and more, it's like, no, I would ever want to be at that level of fame. Would would you, how would you handle like being in a spotlight? Like, like, would you like all that attention or? No, I would not like to have to think about what I put on all the time. I barely can stand to think about that now when I go out somewhere, I'd just like to wear my sweatpants and a t-shirt. Um, so no, I would not like that. Um, but I do like being the spotlight of attention. So maybe yeah. just in my own circle. I'd yeah. like to be famous in my own friend group. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We haven't finished it yet, but we've been watching The Diplomat, which is very different from this, but kind of that similar world of politics and relationships and stuff. And uh, Carrie Russell's uh, character in it is very refreshing because she they basically want to dollar her up all the time and she just hates everything yeah. about it. Like, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. We can quickly go through the categories, but uh, what would you rate the romantic chemistry between the two here? I love their romantic chemistry. Yeah. I really like the, um, like, when, like, after their first night together, like, he he comes back in the room and he's like, I'm good. That's good. I, oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and I just, his face would get nervous or cocky and then it uh, get, I just think they play off of each other really well when she smiles at him or gets giddy about him. Like if he sent a ham or, or the ham, yeah, Virginia yeah, the, ham. The Virginia um, ham. <laughs> I just, I think she does really well at, at making you really feel it. So I give that one a five. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I, I got to rank these things high. If I'm ever going to get 500 <laughs> days of summer off the top of the list. <laughs> five. I give her a five. So, uh, yeah, I, I get, I, I give them a five as well. Uh, yeah, the the actors that are chosen here were uh, perfect. Uh, I really like Annette Benning a whole a whole lot in this uh, m- uh, movie, and yeah, they just uh, um, you just immediately you see you see that there's a connection without them ever really s- saying why or anything like mm-hmm. that. You can totally buy why she's 
falling in love with this guy, not because he's the president, but because of who he is. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So the second category, the the best fr- the best friend or friends, what yeah, do you give this I one? I tried to... Well, so you don't see hers really. I mean, she's got no. her office mates, but yeah. his are also office mates. I think his are great. I think you really believe AJ... And you really believe, I forgot Michael J. Fox, lit, lit, uh, his name, but oh, yeah. um, like I think you really believe them because they hold his hand to the fire and that sort of thing. But uh, her sister, I don't think is great, but she doesn't really have a best friend. So um, I like the sub characters, but I think it matters who you say they are. But I did love those characters. Like if we're just talking about character development, mm-hmm. I think those characters are great. The way they feed off of each yeah. other, the way they always hit the same things, like I, yeah. I think that's good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lewis was uh, Michael J. Fox's. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a good name. And apparently, he uh, modeled that character after George Stephanopoulos mm-hmm. uh, a lot because yeah. uh, Bill Clinton was president at yeah, this time. Which and, and I read very fitting. And I, re- I read that he allowed this production group to come to the White House four different times to do research and everything yeah. about this. So <laughs> it seems very much very like his fitting. vibe. Like, yeah, you come in here, like He's gonna get the guns. Yeah. So, uh, what did you rate it? I'm sorry. Uh, a four. A four? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's fair because I think four is a good one because we don't get so much support on her end. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of more of his story. Sure. You know, but uh, I think AJ definitely, I mean, anytime you have someone mm-hmm. who, you know, can call you out for things, but just be, you know, being yeah. just as supportive as yeah, well. Yeah, I think he's great. Yeah. So what about the, so usually I would take the time to listen to the soundtrack. Didn't get to, but we. I love the score so much. I love the score, yeah. Uh, we didn't get to talk about this, but my um, so I give it a five. Now it's not a soundtrack. It's not run. It's not like I'm gonna play it in the car. No. So if it's just on the score, I give the score a five. Yeah. And I just love it. It's so peaceful, and I um, needed to get this story in because. <laughs> so I'm just gonna do it here. But my uh, good family friend Kristen. And I, both preacher's kids, both same political party, probably growing up, both probably oddballs for our time because we like this sort of thing. But this was a movie that spoke to both of us. We both loved it. Um, And when she came to visit me when you were out of town when I was six months pregnant, so she stayed with me that weekend. Out of town. I was in Vietnam. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I was more than out of town. For work. Yeah, but she came to stay with me because I was pregnant and I didn't have family there. Like, that's why she came. It was so awesome. Um, but we made Hallie's Changing Table, and we just played this movie on repeat because we both love it. But the peacefulness of it in the background is just, it just, it's like it invokes something in me. Just, I just loved every moment of it. So I give it a five for the score. Now it's not a soundtrack. No, but I just looked up the soundtrack. I mean, it's the score is sure. the soundtrack. So, but I'm yeah. just saying it's not one I'm going to go like play oh, yeah, yeah, on my yeah. Spotify yeah, list. But, but no, I okay. think that's okay. Yeah, okay. that's a fair rating. I, okay. I have to give it a five as well. So okay. yeah, it was very good. Uh, Chase scene or declaration of love? The best chase scene of any movie. <laughs> I give it a five hands down. Mm-hmm. His speech is like par none. I love it so much. Um, it made it into my chasing um, uh, engagement video that you made me because it's so good. Um, but he like professes his love in it, but he also doesn't go on and on about her. It's just the right amount of romance right. for me. Um but then when she has to come back and they make that whole joke about DuPont Circle again, yeah. I think it's just perfect. Yeah, it's great. I give it uh, I give it five as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding that watching these movies, almost the moments at the end that work the best is when someone 
declares their love, but in a unselfish way, almost letting go of that person because, you know, but in this case, he's doing what's right, but it's because of what he did, you know, Mm -hmm. he did the right thing that leads her back to him. Yeah. Not because he just like oogled over her or anything like that. So. Um, I do too. It's when he, he, uh, gets on to Rumson for calling her a whore. Yeah. That, that part. Mm-hmm. You're like, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get it. <laughs> um, and rewatchability. A five. A five. Yeah. A five. You know, just the quick math. I feel like this falls as a 4.8 now with our scores. So okay. a 4.8 is going to put it right there on the top of your five list, even though this isn't one of your 50 best rom-coms. Yeah. So if there's 51, I think it's falling in. Yeah. yeah, just saying. <laughs> so. Again, goes back to the Raiders, and I. This is the Raiders. You know, oh, the Raiders. Okay, and uh, <laughs> it's like the Raiders, <laughs> not the football team. The Raiders, <laughs> and uh, I like it, and there, and you have to like it because otherwise you'd be in trouble. Yeah, I. I will say there was a little part of me as we were watching this uh, today that I was like, what? What if I don't like? You know, because I watched this with you when we started dating, so. You know, you you leave yourself open a little bit more of like, yeah, I'll like that because she likes it, that sort of thing. So there was a little part of me that was like, what if I don't like this movie as much as she well, does? Well, we didn't talk about it all day because I was actually afraid of you what afraid? you were going to say. Oh, okay. I didn't think you were going to like it. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I laughed all the way through and you didn't laugh quite as loudly as I did. <laughs> Are you sure it's because you couldn't hear me over your laughter? I don't know. We laugh very differently. I'm more of kind of like a <laughs> type of guy. <laughs> How'd that go? (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe that. No, uh, why not? I I love Aaron Sorkin. Uh, I I generally love Rob Reiner films. I I just felt like you should love it, but I was a little anxious about like where you were going to sleep tonight if you didn't like it. Just kidding. Well, it's very fitting that if this, you know, this should be on the list. Rob Reiner, just off the top of my head, has two other films on this list. The Princess Bride being one of them. And can you think of the other one? No, I, no. I don't know. When Harry Met Sally. Oh, When Harry Met Sally, yeah. 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 Mm. And he was very much involved in Sleepless in Seattle. He's an actor in that oh, movie, but yeah. he helped kind of produce that. And, and get they're that. also, um, they're not slow, but they, they're also like, make you feel so calm. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Soothing, calm soothing, and present. Soothing, that's the yeah. right word. Yeah. Recommendations. Recommendations. Is there anything you've been recommending to people? Um, no, but I I just finished... Well, I'm in the process of the third one, but um, thanks to uh, a friend, I started l- listening to Beartown by... I don't... He's uh, It's a hard last name. Beartown, and then the second one of Us Versus Them, um, or Them Versus Us. Maybe by, I should find out. By Frednick Backman? Yep. Okay. And uh, I have adored them. I And then now I'm on The Winners, the third one. And you need to listen to them in order, so start with Beartown. They are long. If you were just going to be reading it, it's really long. But if you're listening, I mean, they're like 13-hour books. The last one's a 21-hour book. But I listen in two speed, so uh, you should go. And they are just outstanding. So that's my recommendation. Nice. Uh, I haven't. Well, there hasn't been a lot of episodes, but my recommendation is going to be if you've been missing, you know, the writer strikes going on right now, 
personally for us, kind of talking about politics, I, I'm really missing uh, Seth Myers mm-hmm. and especially his... How we get the news. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> Probably not the best way to receive your news all the time. Uh, but anyway, uh, a new podcast has come out. Uh, it's called Sh- Strike Force 5. And it has all the late night hosts have come together doing a podcast talking. So Stephen Colbert, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Seth Meyers, and uh, no, uh, the British. <laughs> I was trying, I'm doing this off the top of my head. Uh, John Oliver. And so they've come together to do this podcast. And so uh, it just started, but all the benefits of it go to the writer's st- staff while they're on strike. So cool. it's pretty cool. So yeah. if you're missing those voices in your life, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. And it's way different than way back in the day. I mean, it was like late night wars. These guys like didn't talk to each other. And it's just kind of, I think it's fun that yeah. uh, these guys have come together and they're really just, they're, they're just really just telling stories and stuff like that. So that's, that's my recommendation. So awesome. I hadn't even told you about that one yet. So, nope. nope. So, all right. Well, uh, thanks so much uh, for listening. If you, uh, we want to hear what you think about this uh, podcast. Uh, tell us uh, your thoughts about the American president, wh- why you love this uh, movie so much. I mean, but, you guys spoke and wanted it done. So you liked it too. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, yeah, you know, of course, uh, visit the website, moviesyourlife.com for episode reviews and more. And I can't stress it enough if you can think of anybody that likes movies uh that enjoys just fun conversations like these you know, please share this podcast with it, with them and uh, tell them about it so that's just that's the best way to get the, get the word out about these things it's just word of mouth and don't forget we're gonna get the guns <laughs> that's a good way to end <laughs> all right everybody have a great week <laughs>